On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 big questions which he believed faced the church of his day to a local church door in Wittenberg, Germany. 500 years later, I decided to post 95 new questions, one a week, to the web, questions which I believe the church must face in the 21st century. We are saved by faith alone. So announced Martin Luther back in 1517 and the reformation of the Western Church began. The result, faith, rather than good works, good works being defined as the futile human efforts we try to make in order to meet God's standards, has been the cornerstone of Protestant Christianity ever since. But here's the problem. If I'm saved by my faith, it all boils down to my ability to believe, to muster the right thoughts, and enough of the right thoughts, and with the right intensity for enough of the time. That means that ironically faith becomes the biggest work of them all. And that creates all sorts of problems. Like how much faith do I need to be saved? How much doubt is acceptable? When does reasonable doubt become too much doubt? Where's the line? Is there a line? Who's in? Who's out? Am I in? Am I out? The result of all this, huge salvation anxiety. How many church-going people do you know who are riddled with angst, guilt and worry because of all of this? It's not that faith alone isn't enough, it's that it's too much. It asks of people more than they can sustain. It leaves many of them broken, crushed and confused. They give up altogether. But over the last 50 years or so, a huge body of scholarly opinion has grown up which is categorical. Luther and following him, all the other Reformation thinkers made a giant mistake. Although they chose to translate the little New Testament Greek word pistis as faith in the sense of belief in God and Christ, actually it's far more accurately translated as faithfulness. And although on first hearing this might all seem rather boringly technical, in fact it changes everything. It changes the very nature of the meaning of what it is to be a Christian. Let me explain. If pistis is faithfulness, it's of a very different nature to faith. Faithfulness is about a firm commitment to a narrative or story, whatever you feel or believe at any particular moment in time. So sometimes faithfulness is far easier than at others. For me, sometimes faithfulness is about the sheer joy and the fulfilment of following Christ, but sometimes, in the face of the ups and downs of life, in the face of doubt and of temptation, it's been about more, well, more about just hanging on and digging in. Faithfulness, it turns out, is a risky commitment to a way of being and behaving in the face of my natural fears and uncertainties and doubts, faithfulness embraces doubt as part of the journey. 
Faithfulness learns that struggle and setback are not his enemy, but instruments in the end that help strengthen it. In fact, sometimes faithfulness knows that it's about little more than simply hanging on to a story and doing its best to live in it in spite of what it happens to believe at that moment. Faithfulness, therefore, is about resilience and it's about honesty. It's about a life lived to a commitment that you will not give up on whatever you feel at any particular moment. On the other hand, the problem with the word faith is that it always leads us in the direction of belief in the sense of an unswerving, unfailing intellectual assent to a set of theories and doctrines without any doubt. But pistis, once understood as faithfulness rather than faith, is more about action and behaviour than cerebral acceptance. In other words, living faithfully is a choice made in the face of doubt and setback. It's a commitment to live intentionally, whatever I feel. If Luther had grasped that pistis means faithfulness in the sense of dogged trust, of loyalty, of allegiance, rather than faith in the sense of the ability to unswervingly believe, he would have never coined his misleading slogan by faith alone. We are, it turns out, rescued, included, saved by God's grace, not by our faith. It's all about God and it's nothing to do with us. And then we're called to live faithfully to this great truth that we're already in, that we're already chosen, that we're already accepted by God. And why should I live faithfully? Simply because to live in line, to live in sync with what already is true, the fact that I'm accepted by God is in spite of the fact that I so often mess up the most fulfilling way of being human. And what's more, no more salvation angst. Now that really is a reformation. So, over to you. Does this make sense to you? What questions does it pose? What problems do you think that it answers? Have we misunderstood the Apostle Paul badly? Have we made the mistake of reading his words through our own set of assumptions? Instead, should we begin with Paul's worldview to see things the way he saw them? For instance, what if the idea that we're saved by our faith in Christ is based on a giant misunderstanding, a mistranslation of Paul's words and thinking? In my new book, The Lost Message of Paul, I issue a challenge to grapple with the task of understanding the words of Paul through his culture, rather than imposing our modern Western ideas on him. It's released on the 21st of June, and you can pre-order it now through the link below.